Hello and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 4, Episode 6. Today I'm coming for, to you, today I'm coming to you from my home office on Long Island with my camera at a new angle for those of you who are watching the video. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, well then, it doesn't matter where I'm sitting because you can't see me anyway. Today I'm continuing the series of things I wish I knew when I started my career, and today's episode is around business writing. Now, I put business writing into two categories. Category one is writing memos and emails, and category two is preparing presentations and decks. Before I get into the email writing, let me go to presentations and decks because in our last episode, I spoke about how to give a good presentation or things that I've done to, to present well, both in front of small groups and in more intimate meetings and in larger groups when making presentations to dozens or hundreds of people. Um, after recording that podcast and preparing for this podcast, I opened up an article. I have it in front of me here. It's probably 10 years old now, but it's interesting because I actually coach people on how to give presentations, and I found this article. Now, maybe some of you have heard of it. I had not heard of it, but it's, 10, it's 11 presentation lessons you can learn from Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, as you know, is the founder of Apple. Steve Jobs, as you know, passed away a few years ago, so may he rest in peace. Incredibly talented guy. And he, there are a few things, I'm not going to give you all 11, but there are a few things that I really like. Like, stick to the rule of three. I use that all the time. There are three things I want you to remember. I'm going to cover three highlights. Um, I do it all the time. In fact, now it's almost um, instinctive. In fact, sometimes I search for a third if I don't have one. Just because rule of three makes things easy to remember. And um, anyway, uh, Steve Jobs said that you should stick to the rule of three as well. Um, sell the benefit. I talked about this in the last episode. Sell the benefit of what you're presenting. Not the functionality of it, but the benefit of it for the user or for your audience. I'm going to save the next one for last because it ties right into... Uh, today's podcast. So I'll hold this thought, but let me let me carry on to Steve Jobs. Um, tell stories. I always um, emphasize that, and I did on our last podcast. Storytelling brings meaning and, and brings to life a point you want to make. Um, prepare and practice excessively. I can't agree with that more. I talked about that in the last episode. In fact, the funniest thing that I mentioned on the last episode is when I was preparing a training course on how to use the art of improvisation in selling. And the people who taught the class were trained actors and actresses, and I could not believe how much they rehearsed. Now, maybe as actors and actresses, rehearsal is fun. But when I was speaking with them, they said, you know what? You can't be the character. You can't be your story. 
unless you practice it an awful lot. And Steve Jobs said the same thing in his article. He said to avoid reading from notes. I agree. I don't like notes. Um, he says that during certain technology demos, Steve Jobs had a short list of bullet points. And I always say to put your notes on one index card in easy-to-read words, so 10 or less words, five or so bullet points. So Steve Jobs agrees. Have fun. I always tell people when they're about to have the presentation, have fun. It's actually more important that your audience sees that you're having fun than it is that you actually remember every line or every key point you want to make. It's much more important that they get the fact that you're enjoying yourself and that you believe in what you're speaking about. Um, so now I said, I was going to say, so that I didn't go through all 11, but those are some key points. Now, why am I saying that? Because I thought it was, first of all, great that Steve Jobs and I use a lot of the same points when it comes to making presentations. But the last point that I wanted to cover that Steve Jobs said ties into today's podcast episode, which is um, business writing and preparing both written emails and memos, which I'm going to come to in a minute, but also to presentations and decks. And this is what Steve Jobs said. He said, build simple visual slides. So in fact, um, Steve Jobs, what does it say here? Um, in the first three minutes of Steve Jobs' first iPhone presentation, he used a grand total of 19 words on a deck with 12 slides. So it was mostly pictures, not a lot of words. And when it was words, they were impactful words. And let me, let me tie that into... Mitch's thoughts on effective business slides and presentations. Think of them as a billboard. Okay. Think of your slides as a billboard. You're speaking to an audience, whether it's a small group or a large group, and you are using slides to amplify your messages. I can't tell you how often I see people go into meetings with thick slide decks with a lot of words on them. My first thing I always ask them is, do you want your audience to read or listen? Because doing both is going to be incredibly difficult. And they, they, they've, in, in speaking with them, you, you realize that they've actually used the slide deck as their own notes, as almost a script for themselves. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Slides should amplify your messages. It's almost as if you're driving down the highway and you see a billboard and you have the radio on. So the billboard is a picture of a big juicy cheeseburger and a bag of french fries and a cold drink. And you know those cold drinks they show on billboards? First of all, you see the steam coming off of the uh, cheeseburger, every ingredient looks perfect. And you see the, the, the soda with the bubbles coming off it and the ice cubes, like everything looks perfect and it's visual. And it says, the best burger. And then it says, next exit. So, the best burger, next exit. Five words, which is more than enough, and pictures.
and you're on the radio, you're listening to the radio as you drive by this billboard, you can quickly scan it, get the picture, see the words, the best burger, next exit, and then you turn, you're listening to the radio where the commercial for the burger is on. And the commercial for the burger says, come to Harry's Burger Joint. They have the best, we have the best burgers. Our customers love them. Bring them to parties, bring them to picnics, bring your family to the restaurant and enjoy an evening with the best burgers with a side of amazing hot fries and a cold drink. We only use the best ingredients. We make them uh we make them custom for you, so no prepackaged burgers, just your best burger. So that's the radio commercial. You see the visual, you hear the words, the words are amplified by the visual. That is how you should create slides for meetings. So billboards, each slide is a billboard. In fact, there's a, a technique, I have it here on my computer, called Pecha Kucha. Pecha Kucha is a, te- a storytelling technique where you use 20 slides and each slide is supposed to be on the screen for no more than 20 seconds. So it, it, it trains you to tell a story while the slides amplify your story. Oh, uh, by the way, no slide can have more than I think it's one word, maybe two words. But that's the point, right? That's how you should use slides for meetings. And if you want to have a robust deck with a lot of words and descriptions and details, that's not for a meeting. It's for a pre-read. It's for a post-read. It's not for the meeting. Now, I have people sometimes say to me, well, I'm going to go through the pre-read with them. No, no, no. That's like saying, I'm going to read them a book. Because you can't go through a pre-read with them because they're going to have to read it. And you can't read in a meeting and have a conversation in a meeting. So, I mean, if you're going to go through a pre-read in a meeting, you're basically showing them how the deck is organized, but you're not giving them a bunch of words to decipher and decide, should I read this or should I listen to the person across the table from me? So that's the um, effective use of slides. I think light I really don't care the number of slides. In fact, if you have a lot of slides, you just need to move through them quickly. But they should be light. They should amplify your messages. Pechakucha, look it up. I think it's the Japanese word for chit-chat. Look it up. It's a great way to train yourself to use light slides while you tell your story. Okay. That's slides. Let me move quickly to business writing because I was an English major in college. Those You know that. I've mentioned that a bunch of times. And it makes me really kind of a little bit anal when it comes to business writing. So I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to be an English major. You don't have to be a great writer to be able to write great emails and great business memos. I just asked that you remember a few things. And actually, I have an article on the screen that talks about better business communication, uh, 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 10 tips for effective business writing. 
So I'm going to actually go through this and then I'm going to add my commentary. So know your message, obviously. Know your audience, <clears throat> hopefully, obviously. Think like a reporter. I like this. When you're very closely involved with a topic, it's easy to overlook the obvious. For example, it's astonishing how many websites for hotels and restaurants don't include one vital piece of information, their address. Remember um, the five W's and then H, who, what, where, when, why, and how. So in other words, guide your audience through what you're writing. Banish buzzwords and cliches. Don't use jargon. Keep it tight. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Length is almost never better. There are times when it is better, and I'll tell you how to use, deal with that. Make it plain and simple. Yes, please. Your, your written communication is trying to tell someone something. So be plain and simple. Don't use consulting speak. Don't assume that your reader is going to connect the dots of the points you're trying to make. Connect them for the reader. In other words, uh, I have people on job interviews all the time who say, I have this experience, that experience, and that experience. But they don't explain why those experiences make them a perfect fit for, your, for the job they're applying for. They're leaving that to you. Why leave that to the reader? Tell them what you want to tell them in your emails, in your memos. Here are three great skills I have, and this, and those, and this is why those three skills are going to provide tremendous value to you. Write it. Make sure it's clear. Don't use symbols and abbreviations. That's a that's a big thing for me. You're in, you see a written memo with an and sign? No. You don't use an and sign. You use the word A-N-D. I, I, I don't like symbols or abbreviations, except if it's a text message. Um, proofread. <laughs> Spell check doesn't always work, and sometimes it screws up your, your meaning completely. So please proofread. So, so those are some of the tips from the article I read, but let me, let me tell you uh, a few that I have. <clears throat> First of all, Whenever you have a memo or an email or even a letter, <clears throat> I like to have a, a, a subject line. Uh, emails, of course, require them. But make it meaningful. And don't be like regarding meeting or regarding upcoming event. Make it a little bit of clickbait, but a little bit of information like, Important meeting tomorrow, or read this before our meeting tomorrow. Make it, you know, let your reader know what this is about or what they need to do with what you're writing. Secondly, please make it scannable. My rule of thumb is the reader, even if it's a 10 page document, even if it's a 10 page document. They need to get, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the third uh, uh, throat clear, apologies. Um, they need to get the main point of what you're writing in 30 seconds, 30 seconds or less, never more. Now, if they are interested in what you're saying, if they understand the main point, then they'll go back and read it in more detail. 
but don't assume they'll read it in more detail to start. Nothing burns me up more than getting an email that's three paragraphs, a page and a half long, blocks of text that are 10 or 12 line uh, paragraphs each. I'm not going to read it. It's unreadable because it's not scannable. If it's scannable, I'll get the main point and then I'll read more, which leads to another another key thing to do, which is put the punchline up front. When you're writing an email, when you're writing a memo, comedians leave the punchline for the end. Business people put the punchline up front. You know, in other words, um, I often write memos that say, you, that start with something like this. You asked me to describe whether the transaction you're contemplating will create tax. Then I say, the next thing I say is, answer, your transaction is very likely to create a taxable event. And then the next paragraph, the next paragraph will have a subtitle that says, why, or details, or description of why. And then I will lay out, usually in bullet points, perhaps the first word of each bullet point will be a key word or a key summary of what the bullet point is about. But it's question, answer. Let me read the details as to why the answer is the answer. So you should organize even your everyday emails that way. Get the punchline up front. I said shorter is better, just like the article said. It said keep it tight. Short sentences, short paragraphs, short documents have a better chance of capturing the reader's attention. This is particularly true of emails and other electronic documents because we read more slowly on screen than on paper. I didn't know that, but apparently we do. Cut the flab and help your readers. Um, so um, that's, that's the uh, comment on keep it tight. And like I said, connect the dots. And, and you know, I, I used the example of an interview before, but the same could be said for so many things. I just I had a um I had a, a senior executive call me just last week and the senior executive said I'm going to a meeting with a team and I want to tell the client how much what he said to me was I really want to tell the do, the client that this work is really important to us that we think we've given them a fair price, but if for some reason our price doesn't meet their needs, they should please uh, call me as the senior executive so that I can have a discussion with them about ways we might be able to make the fee meet their desired expectation. So I said, so he says, how can I say that? I said, you just said it. And he says, but that's very direct. And it's very matter of fact. It's very straightforward. I'm like, keep it straightforward. Connect the dots. This engagement is important to us. 
We believe we've given you a fair fee. I'm the senior person responsible for this. If for some reason the fees don't meet your expectations, give me a call and let me see if I could do something to help your desired pricing and our ability to deliver that pricing connect. So simple. Connect the dots. Don't worry about saying it in some consultative manner or in some verbose or flamboyant manner. Be direct. Keep it plain and simple. Connect the dots. So that's this Meet Mediocrity podcast season four, episode six around effective business writing. We talked a little bit about how to write decks and presentations and the difference between a pre-read or post-read document and an actual meeting document. We talked about emails and, and even more detailed memos, how to summarize them, make them scannable, encourage the reader to read more. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't say this. Um, it's like People Magazine. I use the People Magazine analogy often. When you're on the grocery line, who doesn't pick up People or Us or one of those magazines? And they do a great job of getting your attention with a, a, a picture, a, a good picture on the cover. Then they capture your attention with some interesting um, article, kind of clickbait, if you will, why, uh, of key articles or key things that are mentioned in the magazine. And then when you turn to the magazine article or to the actual article, the headlines are catchy. There's often a picture. There's often subtitles. And then sometimes if there's a side story, it's a separate story on the side of the main article that says, and did you know, or a day in the life, or some sidebar story to the main story, all meant to keep the, you interested and continue to read. In fact, it's done so well that you get interested in the cover on the line. You, you get, you, then you look at the, you, you see the picture, it's cool. You read the, 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 some of the articles that are mentioned on the cover. You're like, this is cool. You flip the magazine open to an article, you see another picture, a cool headline, a cool sidebar, and, and it's time to check out. So what do you do? You buy the magazine. It's the same thing, you know, when you're writing a business memo. Get the punchline up front. Make it scannable. Make it easy to understand the punchline. And then your reader will either have exactly what you want them to have from the article or from your memo or from your email. And they may even want to read more, which would, which would be great. But if, if, even if they don't, because they're super busy, at least they'll know exactly what you wanted them to know. So that's the Meet Mediocrity podcast, season four, episode six. Mitch's pet peeve around writing and using written materials, whether they're decks or emails or memos or pre-reads or post-reads, make them fit for purpose. And how to give a good presentation was the last episode. We covered a little bit of that today. And let me just say this. Uh, um, I've determined that season four, episode, or season four of the Meet Mediocrity podcast um, of the things I wish I knew when I started my career will be 10 episodes. This is episode six. I've got four more on tap. Let me tell you what they are. I have them here on my desk somewhere. Let me find them. I have them right here. So, this is Business Writing, Episode 
Seven is going to be negotiating outcomes and resolving disputes. That's a cool article, or a cool episode. Episode eight, networking and carrying on conversations. Nine, motivating and upskilling your teams. And 10, building your career. Kind of the wrapper on season four. So four more excellent episodes ahead. If you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity podcast, please tell your friends. Please continue to listen. Follow us on Instagram. Check out the the website, meetmediocrity.com. Check out my new feature on Instagram, which is uh, Meet Mediocrity Outdoors, getting outside to improve your overall wellness. And photographs by yours truly called Mitch's Moments. Are, are on Instagram outdoor moments that I've enjoyed using my super new cool new cameras because photography is my new hobby or one of my new hobbies and encouraging people to enjoy the outdoors me- mediocrity outdoors um, so that's it have a great week talk to you soon take care stay healthy be smiling and be well bye bye <laughs>